At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This podcast is sponsored by Master, and I get questions all the time about Supco and Supco Trade Fox products. Where can I get one of those? Where can I get that? Well, Master has access to the whole line of Supco and, and Trade Fox. So you just got to go in. You got to, if you don't see it on the shelf, request it and get them to bring it in for you. So check out master.ca. This podcast is sponsored by Cintas. Whatever you can think of under the uniform umbrella, pants, shirts, jackets, sweaters, vests, Cintas.com has a whole lineup of trade-related uniforms, blue-collar stuff. Okay, If you go to Cintas.com forward slash HVAC know-it-all, you can check out what they've got to offer. What's up, guys? I got my man Tony first back on the podcast, and we are not really talking technical. We are talking soft skills to complement your technical skills. So knowing the trade well from a technical standpoint will make you good at your job from a troubleshooting and install standpoint. But if you cannot communicate with customers properly, they may never have a chance to get to know your technical skills. So they come hand in hand, and Tony has been in the industry forever right? I'm not saying you're old, Tony, but I'm saying you've been around for a while and you got a lot of experience. So we're going to have this conversation, guys, soft skills to complement the technical skills. So let's go. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. All right, Tony. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do things backwards here just because I want the audience to know where we want them to get to if they haven't gotten to this point already. Okay, because we're, we're going to talk about soft skills. And your soft skills with your technical skills at some point should get you or land you in the position where you have a long-term customer, right? Let's say, let's say 10 years, let's say we're talking, you, you meet them tomorrow, 10 years from now, they're still your customer. And you're at the point where you tell them what's wrong. You tell them what they need and they say, just do it because your technical aptitude, your abilities, with your soft skills has gotten you to the point where there's zero resistance. We trust you. This is what you need to do. Okay, Mr. Mrs. Customer, this is what you need to do. Just do it. We trust you. Go for it, right? This is where I want the audience to get to using their technical and their soft skills. But we're not going to talk about technical skills today. We're talking about soft skills to help us get to that point. What do you think? I, I think it's a great idea. And you know, so to give you an idea, you know, I've been at this for 50 some years and I've got customers, people that I've worked with over the years 
that are consulting engineers, that are building owners that I have had as a customer or a client for my entire career. Every time they work on, you know, every time they do something with their HVAC system, they pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, we're going to get ready to do this. Can you come in and take a look at it? We want your opinion on what to do. And yes, some of those people will call me because of my technical wherewithal, but a lot of it's because I've built up this rapport with them. All these people are friends. I mean, they, these are people that my wife and I go to dinner with. They're people that I drink bourbon with. Um, you know, we sit around a fire pit and drink bourbon and smoke cigars. Because they trust me, they like me. And every time they do something, they want my opinion. Even though I may not be doing the work anymore, because I don't, I don't try not to get dirty anymore. Um, but it's about building up that relationship with the customer, you know, and it's beyond the technical. Okay. It's about getting them to realize you have their best interest at heart, that you're not trying to sell them stuff that they don't need. You look at what they need and you make recommendations of look, you know, you, you need to put a new furnace in, or you need to replace this rooftop, or you need to replace this pump, or, well, you could replace it, but I can also do this, this, and this, and get you another five, 10 years of life expectancy out of this piece of equipment. You know, you're not just trying to upsell them. There's enough contractors out there that that's the way they, that's their business model. And if you look at their business model, they don't get a lot of repeat customers. You know, they send a different service tech out every time. You know, what you want is you want your customer to call your respective employer and say, I want Gary. I want Gary to come out and take care of my equipment. And oh, by the way, I'm willing to wait a week for Gary to get here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the position you really want to be in as, as a service guy. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because I've been to, I'd say I've been to a, a few homes, a few residential homes in my area where they've got, I was, where was I? It was, it was, I was at one the other day and I'm looking at the furnace and it's a rental through a big name company mm -hmm. and, but they want their AC replaced and I'm like, well, I mean, why are you calling me? Because they, they called me when I was on holiday. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm on holiday till next Monday. And why are you calling? Why are you calling me rather than the, the, the rental pro? Well, we don't want to rent it because we've kind of discovered that we don't want to rent equipment and just continually pay for the thing. Right. I mean, and then end up paying three or four times the amount for it when we can pay one lump sum and get it over with. And some of the, that's what these big companies do that they, they're not is to my knowledge. Anyway, they're not teaching the soft skills, a make, make a friend with the customer, um, t tell a joke, pet their dog, um, ask them, ask them, ask them to see pictures of their kids, like talk to their kids. You know what I mean? Right. Give, give, give them fist bumps, high fives, and, and just develop that you're there to, to service them in all aspects. And I don't think that these larger companies that are pushing rental programs and just pushing replacement and, and top dollar sort of, um, expenditures 
I don't think they're teaching their people how to how to develop relationships. They're teaching their people how to to sell things they want to sell to make money. And at, at the end of it, at the end of it, even if you walk into somebody's home or whatever, and they just need a, a four dollar capacitor, you change it. You're there for half an hour. You make two hundred and fifty bucks. Let's say you, you charge them for your time. And the system runs, maybe it's 15 years old, but when that system finally dies, guess who they're calling? They're calling you because you're honest with them up front. And if you just keep doing this in, in a pattern, you're going to build up trust um, amongst a customer base. And the phone's going to start ringing once these equipment, once this equipment starts failing and they want a new one, the phone's going to go off the hook. It's been happening to me, honestly. I'm going to, I'm living this because last year when I first started my business, I went out and did all these little dinky repairs to keep things going. And this year I'm getting calls from people. Yeah. Thanks for the repair last, last year we, we got through the summer, but now we want to replace it. These people are now calling me and I'm feeling overwhelmed at, at all of this, these phone calls I'm getting because we started off slowly. We started off soft. We created a relationship and now the phone is constantly ringing right. to the point where I'm like, I got to say no to some people and I hate saying no, but I just can't do it all by myself. Right. Well, the, the thing is that what, what a lot of companies make the mistake of doing is they want to go out and hunt elephants. And by, by when I say that, what I'm talking about is they want these big, massive sales. They want to, you know, they want this $20,000 furnace replacement. They want, you know, the, 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 the hundred thousand dollar rooftop job. And, and what they don't want to do, what they don't want to do is they don't want to build the relationship and they don't want to do the little things. They don't want to take care of that customer and educate that customer. And part of, part of the soft skills is being able to take what we think as second nature, you know, you, you and I look at a gas furnace and we know exactly what a gas furnace is supposed to do. We know the, the sequence of operation, the thermostat calls for heat, you know, the, it ignites the pilot, it ignites the main burner, the you know, combustion fan comes on you. We know all the things that have to happen, right? Well, the average homeowner has no idea what is supposed to happen when their thermostat comes on. Exactly. They, they just they, they just want hot air or cold air and exactly. if it's not work if it's not working then 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 they'll pick up the phone right how so, how they get that hot air or cold air they don't care right <laughs> but part of the soft skills that that guys have to have is to be able to take that relatively complex thing sitting in the basement and explain to the average homeowner okay here's what's happening here's here's why this isn't doing what it's supposed to do. And this is the part you need to have to fix said problem. You know, is it a combustion air proving switch? Is it a hot surface igniter? Is it an ignition control module? You know, what is it? Um, and being able to break it down into really simple terms, things that they can relate to in their normal everyday life. And that's a skill that Quite honestly, the tech schools don't teach people. You know, they don't teach, they teach you how to do it. They teach you how to troubleshoot it. They teach you how to install equipment, things like that. But nobody talks about the why. 
You know, yeah. how do you explain it to the customer? Um, there's a lot of programs out there, and I've seen them advertised, you know, that talk about, well, you know, we're going to teach your service guys how to be better salesmen and sell more stuff. Oh, there's, there's a ton of those. I get messages yeah. from them uh, all the time. They want to come on the podcast and I'm like, what do you, uh, what do you guys want to talk about? And th- then I see what, what, where they're from and what they're about. Um, and they want to teach high pressure sales tactics mm-hmm. um, to, to, to people to go out there and make more money. But you know, you can make just as much or more money by not being high pressure, by just educating by, by learning the trade yourself and educating the customer, what you see wrong and why it's wrong. And then showing them like, take, take, take them outside, show them. Like if we're in a residential application, I've done this in commercial too. I'll call us, I'll call the, uh, the, the, the facilities manager on the roof and I'll be like, okay, this is what your machine is doing. And this is why we need to do this, this, and this. If I just went down and handed handed them a report on a piece of paper, your machine's doing this, uh, wh- whatever. They they don't have that visual of why it's doing it. So part of that soft skill is is like, hey, uh, Mister, Mrs. Manager, I, I really want to show you something, and I think that you're going to want to see this. Please come with me to the roof, or come with me outside to the side of the home or the backyard. I want to show you these readings because they're not right, and there's something wrong here. And I know how to rectify it. I have a plan in place how we're going to rectify this. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'll give you a price. And then you make the decision. Now it's in their hands because you have shown them exactly what's wrong, given them a plan, given them a price, and they have the option whether to do it or not to do it. So it's out of your hands. If they chose not to do it at that point, you walk away and go, okay, let's listen. If, If it happens again, call me. I'll be more than willing to come back. And provide you the same solution I'm providing you now. If if you're still not happy with with the system in, in a week or two, you know what I mean. Just just as, as an example, right? Well, and the, the thing is, when when we look at these kind of things that need to happen, when you eventually get to that point where you have that rapport with the customer and they've developed that level of trust in you that you're going to do the right thing, okay. A lot of times what's going to happen is you're going to go up on the roof or you're going to go down in the basement or wherever the equipment is and you're going to figure out, okay, here's what's wrong. And a lot of times you're going to pick up the phone and call them while you're standing in front of the equipment or up on the roof and go, hey, here's what I see wrong. And they're going to go, why are you calling me? Just fix it. Why haven't you done it already? So I talked to Sid from Wisehire a few weeks ago and his energy and his passion within the conversation about hiring, retaining, and firing within the skilled trades was was really was really refreshing because he had <laughs> he had some energy like some bouncing back and forth type energy and that's the kind of energy he's going to be putting into his platform on a daily basis and the work he's doing if you guys are looking for candidates a helper an apprentice a technician i mean and you can't find them give wise hire a chance they might be able to help you out wisehire.com guys check it out this is a great podcast conversation to talk about chirp and what it does Chirp integrates deep with Jobber, House Call Pro, Service Titan, and it keeps in touch with your customers in an automated way through the year. Once you've established rapport, once you've established the know-how, and they know you know how to fix and repair things. People get busy. We have a lot of customers that we collect over time, right? We keep in touch with them with things like, hey, it's time to do your cooling startup. Hey, it's time to do your heating startup. Hey, 
your unit's 15 years old. Maybe it's time, time to start budgeting for a new one. Stuff like that, right? This is how it works. And it's done through email, text message, and ringless voicemail. If you're interested in a service like this that integrates with your CRM tool, check out Chirp, C-H-I-I-R-P. I gotta say, when it comes to efficiency, repeatability, speed, and everything like that, some tools that have helped me this past couple of years. Testo Smart Probes, Rapid Locking System, their press system and fittings, and my Navac NEF 6LM battery-powered flaring tool. These tools, they stand for efficiency and repeatability and quality. So if you're if you're looking to look at something that raises the bar, raises your game, in this industry from a service and install standpoint, I do recommend those three tools because they are very, very helpful in your day-to-day, week-to-week, and month-to-month. Because yeah. I trust you. I know what you're going to do. And when you get all done, you can come down and tell me about it. And we'll, you know, we'll go grab a cup of coffee and, and talk about it over coffee. You know, you, 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 not that you don't want them to know before you start, because you kind of want to make sure they're prepared for the price. But by the same token, sometimes they look at it and go, look, I know you're not going to take advantage of me. You're going to do the right thing. And, and part of this is, you know, what I've always done, and I and and I know you you do the same thing. You you've been around. You and I've talked a bunch over the over the past couple of years. We both have the same idea that we got to go home and sleep with ourselves at night. Yeah. And you know, there's that whole mindset of as as an engineer, I got to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, granted, there's laws that that tell me that I have to do the right thing as a, as an engineer, but by the same token, my moral compass says I got to do the right thing because I've got to treat my customers the same way I want to be treated and have that same level of confidence. You know, when I deal, I mean, there are people I deal with all the time that I buy from, um, and I trust them. I trust what they're telling me. Because they, I've dealt with them forever. Um, you know, to give you an, an example, there was a, a, a residential HVAC contractor in Florida. And I'm not going to mention any names. I promise I will not mention names. Um, he got investigated by the Florida Attorney General's Office for some really, really, really unscrupulous business tactics. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Cause I remember this. Yeah, it was, I mean, and, and I mean, Gary, this guy was, was, and people were, people were buying it. They were supposedly, they were being, they were signing contracts that they really didn't sign. They were scamming signatures. This guy was doing all kinds of stuff. And, and he was charging people outrageous sums of money for, a residential furnace and air conditioner. I mean, in the, you know, $100,000 for a four-ton residential HVAC system. And say, say that again. What'd you say? Did you say $100,000? Yes. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so what? He was hiding this price and then, like, um, how, how was... He, he, he was being kind of shady about how he was telling people what the price was. And people, you know, were signing things that, yes, I want an estimate. Well, 
because they were signing on an iPad, he would cut and paste the signature from there over to the contract that they agreed to it. And then, you know, two days later, they their crew would show up to put this in and they're going, well, I didn't sign for this. And well, yeah, here it is right here on the contract. Oh, he was I doing remember all- if If it's the same person, the same company that, that I'm thinking of, I remember uh, basically... his office got raided by officials and they took all the all the paperwork and all the documents out and yeah i I remember this yeah oh yeah yep um and oh it was it was ugly i mean some of the things this guy was doing and this is the way he trained his people to operate he trained his service guys he trained his sales guys he actually had a second business doing nothing but training HVAC salespeople how to do the same scummy stuff that he was doing. And I'm like, how can you sleep with yourself at night? I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. And, and, and to that point, I've had, I've had a lot of people message me, young, young guys, right? Mo, mo, it's got a, it was pretty much all, all men and young early 20s messaging me going how do i get better at this trade i want to own my co- i want to own my own company and be rich i'm like dude listen it doesn't if if your goal right now is to be rich in this trade um start to rethink your plan because that's and, and his goal was to be rich not be rich like if you're if you get in the trade and you build a company and you're 50 years old and you got millions of dollars in the bank and you've done it the right way yes okay you can be rich that way but his his goal this, this one message sticks out in my head his goal was to be rich fast and i'm like dude if you want to be rich fast in this industry take that plan and throw it out the window and rewrite something else because it takes time to no nobody's nobody's going to nobody's going to be driving around and in a in a Bentley in five years doing doing this no, <laughs> trade and, no. and unless unless you get super lucky you have somebody invest in the company and you hire a bunch of techs and your marketing's on point and all of a sudden you got a ton of work really really quick I mean that's going to take tremendous amount of capital up front tremendous amount of luck um, and, and a lot of other things need to go right for that to happen but the average person starting in this industry at a as a young kid they need to understand the technical aspects really really well. And they need to understand how to grow a relationship and a customer base. And eventually, eventually, once you've done all that and investing back into the business, buying more vehicles, buying more tools um, and spending money on marketing, spending money on a CRM tool, all this money gets invested back into the business. And then eventually, once you've paid back all of that and you start to scale and and your profit grows, then you're going to start to make some good money. And there's a lot of people that make really, really, really good money in this trade. But if you want to get rich fast, you're going to have to find another way. You're going to have to get lucky. It's it's not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so, you know, if I look at a lot of people that I know in business, so, you know, I'm sure you've heard of Victoria's Secret. Yep. And, and limited brands. And the guy who owns that, actually, Victoria's Secret and limited brands, the guy who owns the limited is here in Columbus. He lives here in Columbus. This is where he got his start was here in Columbus. And he got a very, very humble start. He started out selling ladies' underwear out of the trunk of his car. 
And he's built this multi-million dollar business. And Les, Les Wexner's in his 70s now. But that's how he got started. You know, his, you know, his mother got him started, you know, on a shoestring, selling ladies' underwear, you know, girls and bras and that kind of stuff, out of the trunk of his car. And he's built it over, over years of doing the right thing and reinvesting in the company time and time and time again. You know, so, you know, and I hate to think what he's worth now. He's worth millions and millions of dollars now. But if you think about it, that's what it takes. That's exactly what you just said is that it's not instantaneous. You know, yeah, you may get some instantaneous gratification the first year or so. You may be really busy and you just got more stuff going on than what you thought you could ever handle. But how do you sustain that? And the way you sustain that business is by building up those skills for customer rapport, for dealing with people. It's the people skills part of it. The other thing is, and this is, this is the challenging part. Okay. So if we understand, you know, the things you have to do day to day as frontline service tech. Okay. Now you, you started to build your business and you're like, okay, I got to spend more time running the business and not doing the work, not turning the wrenches. Yeah. Okay. You know, you, that's where you're headed at some point in time as you continue to build your business. Okay. And when you get to that point, now you're the boss. What do you do? How do you, how do you continue to, you know, what do you do? Do you become a boss or do you become a leader? Okay. And there's a, there's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. Oh, I mean, you could have an apprentice that's a leader. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just naturally built as a leader. I, well, I had a convert. I, I, I seen, so I met a kid just, just to take it off, off and go on a tangent here. I met a kid, um, who's okay. So my, my middle son and my oldest son, they're friends with, a with this kid up at our trailer park and he brought a little buddy up and this kid was like 10 or 11 years old. And I said to the, the dad of, of the son who brought him up, I said, man, that kid's like pretty impressive. Like he's very mature. He's just, he just met all these kids up, up here and, and he's leading by the, his choice. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And everybody's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. And, and I said to him, I said, and he said to me, yeah, he's, he's a leader like that, like at, at ball, at school, this kid's just, he's a leader. He's a good kid. So, I mean, some people are born with that attribute. They're just they're just born with, uh, they, they, they have this drive to lead and, and, and not be a follower. And like I said, that's when I said an apprentice can be a leader just by the decisions they make and, and how they go about their business. And you could have a, a 20 year, 30 year mechanic technician that is a follower and has no leadership skills whatsoever. I mean, it's, it's really, it's re- really strange to think about it that way. Well, it's, it's more than that. Okay. So so if, if, I, if I look at it a little bit differently, okay, and, and we think about hier- hierarchy and, and, and how 
certain people evolve. Okay? I look at a boss, and the boss is sitting at the top of the food chain, kind of the top of the pyramid, shall we say, and he's up there cracking the whip. No, you have to do it this way, and you have to do this, and you have to do this, and he's shouting down orders to his entire team. Okay? Or he's the guy, you know, you've got a, a team of sled dogs, and he's the one on the sled cracking the whip and, and moving people forward. The difference is the guy who's the leader takes and gets in front of the entire team and pulls the entire team with him. And, you know, does everything he can to empower those that work with him or for him to be their best and to succeed and make sure that they have all of the tools that they need in their toolbox. And I'm not necessarily talking about physical tools like wrenches and tubing cutters and all that, but has the tools mentally, physically, soft skills, hard skills, everything that they need to be successful. That's really the difference between a boss and a leader is bosses just bark out orders. Leaders actually get down in the trenches and do. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, like, I, mean, I mean, you, you, you could, you could sit on the phone and your tech calls you and, and says, Hey, I'm having trouble with this. Well, I told you to do it this way. Calls you back. I'm still having trouble boss. Well, do it this way. Hangs up the phone. Well, I mean, at some point, if you're a true leader within that company, not just, not just the boss, you will get out to that site and you'll go, okay, now I see what you're up against. Here's what I'm talking about. Here's what I explained. This is the way I want you to do it. Um, now I've shown you physically, I've shown you, um, so you get a visual. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to step, now I'm going to step back and now you're going to take over and you're going to finish this off. Uh, without that, without that. The, the technician is, is left. I, I know we're talking about soft skills and dealing with customers, but I guess these soft skills help you deal with people in general, right? Being, being, being a boss, being an employee, whatever. But now getting, getting down to that site, stepping in, having patience. There, there's two main factors I think in dealing with people, patience and, and empathy. If you don't have patience or empathy, or at least learn how to have both of those or set aside your ego for a minute and have patience and empathy, you're not going to have any people skills whatsoever. So, I mean, you, you step in, be patient. Okay. There's, they're, they're having trouble. Let's figure out where the trouble is. Be empathetic about it. Show them where the trouble is, show them how to move forward from that point. And hopefully they never are in that position again, because you've gone down there and helped them out in that situation. It's happened to me a, a bunch of times where I'd be on a call for, for four hours as an apprentice going through wires, pulling wires, going through a diagram and getting to a certain area and just being stuck. And then a mechanic technician will show up 20 years in the trade and go, here it is. And I'll be like, man, I was like right there. I was, I was in that area just sniffing around and I just didn't have, I just couldn't get over the hump, but they, they showed up and they showed me. And then the next time it's not a problem because right. I've done 90% of the work myself. They come in with patience and empathy, show me the other 10% and now I'm golden. Right. And this is, this is, this is goes to those soft skills that 
guys need to learn. It's not just learning the technical side of it, but it's learning how to, and you, you hit it on the head, it's how to deal with people. And it's, and those people can be your coworkers. They can be your employees. They can be your customer, but you got to learn how to deal with people. And keep in mind that you've got to try to treat, treat people the way you want to be treated. Do you want to be yelled at? Do you want to be called a miserable SOB? No. You want to be thought of as a highly skilled, highly respected guy that you can sit down and talk to about anything. You know, be yeah. it HVAC, be it, you know, hey, I, you know, I want to go, hey, let's go have, let's go have dinner at this, you know, this new restaurant that I tried. And I think it's really cool. And, you know, you can go sit down and have those conversations and, and enjoy stuff other than work. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, there's sure. more to, there's more to what we do than just work. Oh. At least I hope. Yeah. No, um, I, I, th there is a hundred percent. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, and, and unfortunately, I don't know a good way to teach people soft skills. You know, I, I, you just try to impart little pearls of wisdom that hopefully they catch on. Um, but we spend so much of our time learning the technical stuff and we forget about the important stuff of, Hey, we're all people. We got to deal with people. We got to build up that side of our business. Yeah. We're never going to succeed. Just take a deep breath before you, you take a deep breath. Think a little bit before you approach a customer. If you have trouble, some, sometimes it comes naturally, but I, I want to, I, I want to take this back to the, 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 the technician and customer trying to just, just for the, the, the next 10 minutes or so before we end this off. I mean, I remember back in the day and, and you and I are from sort of different eras in time. And I remember having this conversation about four or five years ago with somebody and they disagreed with certain things like tattoos and, and beards. And, and it was like the clean shaven, uh, you got tattoos, get your sleeves down, cover them. And, and there's a lot of people that were like, you know, I mean, some people that didn't even have tattoos and beards were like, you know, it's really not like that nowadays. Maybe 30 years ago, 40 years ago, people say, yeah, you're, you're either a biker or, or, or you were in jail if you've got a tattoo, but now it's, it's a, it's a lot different. Um, what do you think about the whole tattoos beard thing and, and approaching a customer if you have like i got i got a beard and tattoos and i don't have any problems approaching a customer tattoos shown even if my beard is not trimmed in a few weeks i mean i don't have a problem getting by that that hurdle do you think it's because it's more accepted or do you think it's the way that your body language is um your approach on wording stuff like that what, what, do, you, what do you think is more important there so i think it's really more important about how you word things how you carry yourself and how you present yourself to the customer. Now, you know, I have, I have a few tattoos. Mine are a little bit more hidden, um, partly because of my age. Um, it was a little bit different. You know, when I had mine done, it was, you know, more accepted to keep them covered. Um, so mine are a bit more hidden. Um, but you know, I've got the beard. Um, I'm also a biker. I, you know, I ride. 
So um, I see people, you know, I mean, matter of fact, I hate to say this, some of my best friends are bikers. They're, the, they're probably the most non-judgmental people out there. But yeah. that's a whole other discussion point. But what I'm getting at is, is that I think in today's society, yes, the, the, the beards and tats are a lot more accepted than what they used to be. But by the same token, if you present yourself as somebody who's knowledgeable and caring and is thoughtful about what you're presenting to a customer and that you're conveying and working to their best interest, not to your financial best interest, that the customers don't care. They, 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 they will see past the, the, the tattoos and the beards and all that. Um, and and, and you, you can counter argue that s- somebody showing up with no beard, no tattoo, carrying themselves in, in a slunched over manner, you know what I mean? Their, their lunch is on their shirt. I mean, I would rather have a guy show up, nice posture, ready to go, even if he's got a face tattoo across his forehead. I mean, I would take that over him, you know what I mean? Smiling with his hand out ready mm-hmm. to shake it as soon as I open the door than some slouched over guy. Like, like I said, look at the big meatball stain on his t-shirt. Um, like, you know what I mean? Just not right. You, you can, you can get from body language. You can tell a lot from people. And if this guy doesn't look like he's ready to diagnose my problem, whatever problem I'm having at my home or my business, then I'll be like, okay, give me that guy over there with the, with the tattoo on his forehead. Because I mean, he looks like he's ready to roll here just the way he's moving and, talking and acting and stuff like that right so i mean people really got to look past this even employers i mean they got to look past things like this there's probably still old school employers out there that you come in and you got some tattoos on your arms yeah cover those up but but why do i need to cover them up if if i can present myself in a way that the customer is still going to appreciate me um in a first impression type way um why do we need to cover them up if i'm going to carry myself in, in, in that manner. Right. Well, there's a really good friend of mine. He's, he's a very well-respected, um, air and water balance technician here in the Columbus area. And he has literally hundreds of tattoos, his arms, his face, his neck. I mean, they're all over the place. And he's got himself a nickname, a pincushion. Because he's got so many tattoos, um, and it's a joke. He actually, he actually thinks it's pretty cool that somebody's actually nicknamed him Pincushion. But he is very, very good at what he does. He's probably one of the best test and balance technicians that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he carries every possible certification for with WABC that you can possibly have. So the man is very smart. And nobody cares that he's got a gajillion tattoos because he's so darn good at what he does. So how does he get past when he first meets a customer, right? That, that, that's the, the, the first impression, the customer, okay, this guy's got tattoos all over his face and his neck. Um, the customer is going to stand there and kind of take that in for a minute. So he has to make the next step yes. in order to, to, to be like, I'm good at what I do. So how does he, how does he break that barrier? A lot of so that is like, how he carries himself. He's, okay. he's, he's very, very open. He comes up, he's got his hand out. He introduces himself. He's got 
you know, he's not timid. He's not shy. Um, confidence. Confidence it's, shines it's, through. He shows that level of confidence. And when he sits down with a customer and says, okay, here's the game plan. This is how we're going to balance your hydronic system or balance your water system or your air system, or whatever it is that he's there to, to work on. And he sits down and explains the game plan to them. And because of the way he can carry himself and the way he talks, people go, oh, okay, you know what you're doing. Yeah. You're not, and they probably you know, feel bad for judging him at that point. Exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. the first time I saw him, you know, this has been, you know, 20 some years ago. The first time I saw him, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. This is my tab technician on this job site. And, and as I sat down and talked to him and he explained what he was going to do and what his game plan was, this is when I was working as a consulting engineer. I'm like, holy crap, this guy really knows what he's doing. Okay. Yeah. I was a little bit judgmental. And now I have no, I call him all the time going, Hey, I need you out on this job site. Can you, you know, can you fit me into your schedule? And he's a great guy to work with. Absolutely phenomenal to work with. Nice. Um, and a lot of engineers I know look at this the same, look at him the same way. Now there's a couple of them I know that, that just don't like him because they don't like tattoos, period. Um, they also don't care for, they don't like my tattoos, but they like me because, but they can't see my tats. They've seen them when we've been out at the lake or something and they've seen them when I've had my shirt off, but they're like, mm -hmm. they look at me and go, you have tattoos? Well, yeah. So and they go, well, but you're an engineer. And I go, yeah, so? Yeah. So, you know. And, and, and you, you know, I find breaking the ice, I mean, not everybody has a, a sense of humor. Not everybody has the same sense of humor, but you can break the ice with, with humor mm -hmm. when you first, when you first meet someone. Um, and you can do it in a way, like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen I, I always go back to this because it baffles my mind how well this works because there's a movie called eight mile i don't know if you've seen it um it was eminem you know know the the rapper eminem he's, okay. he's in it he's basically playing a version of himself um kind of depicted around his his kind of life and and they go into these into these um small venues and they and they, they do these rap battles right and and at the end He's going against the, the, this guy. I guess he's the champ. I can't remember. I've, I haven't seen it for, for so long, but I've, I've watched this scene so many times because it, it gives me goosebumps. He basically goes in and he makes fun of, fun of himself, talks about all the things that are wrong with himself, and then he hands the mic over to the other guy and he's got nothing to say because that was his whole game plan was to, to bring the guy down in his rap battle. But he had nothing mm -hmm. to say because he brought it, he brought it to himself. So I take that. And, and I've used it in, in many cases. Like, I mean, I get really bad allergies in, in the, um, in the spring and I'll walk up to people and I'll take my sunglasses off and I go, yeah, you see these eyeballs? These are my allergies. Like I'm not crying. Like, you know what I mean? I bring it, I tell, I tell, I got a really bad sunburn, um, about a month ago. I was wearing my hat backwards and I took my hat off and I had this white rim around the top of my forehead and the rest of it was red. And I had to go to, a a function the next day and I couldn't wear a hat 
So I'm there and I'm like, yeah, guys, I know you see it. Let's because everybody's talking to me and some people mm-hmm. are like, look at your head. Some people are like looking at it and talking to me. I said, it's OK. Look at my head. It's it's fine. We can talk about the ele- let's bring out the elephant in the room right now. And I find if you do that with customers, like you're you're upfront about silly things about yourself. Um, I find it kind of breaks the ice and, and it can uh, it kind of makes it a lot um, a smoother transition to walk through the door of the building or the, or, or the customer's home, like that first sort of reception you get sort of break the ice. And if, if it has to be a joke about yourself, you put yourself on the line, customers mm-hmm. will see that you're a humble person, right? That, like, right. Oh, this guy, this guy's not taking himself too seriously that he can joke about himself. And I think people can relate to that. Well, and I do the same thing. I, I'm a diabetic and I wear an insulin pump and my insulin pump, but unfortunately, one of the downsides to it is, is there are certain alarms that I can't silence, mm-hmm. um, that there's no silent mode for when it wants to give me grief. And so when I'm doing presentations, if, you know, I've had people look at me and they, you know, they wonder what this thing is attached to my hip. And I just tell them, Hey, look, I'm diabetic. I wear an insulin pump. And, um, as I explained to my grandkids, it's my anti-sweetness medication. It's what keeps me from being such a sweet and loving kind of guy. And they just, you know, it usually breaks them up and they laugh and they chuckle about it. And then nobody, you know, everybody understands, okay, he's fine. He, you know, it's this weird thing hanging on his head, but he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, a lot of it is, is you know, just being able to, to talk to people and, and not be afraid of what they're going to think. Because um, once they get to know you, they realize, you know, this guy really is looking out for my best interest. Yeah, I I, po- I reposted a little thing about um it's it's basically like <laughs> it's like uh very calming. There's a river in the background, and I posted on my story on Instagram, and it's and it's like a a guy with like an Indian accent. He's like, "Give no fucks," <laughs> don't you know what I mean? And he's like, "Don't take your bag of fucks with you." And and <laughs> so fun. I'm like, you know what? That is so true because mm-hmm. I mean. If you go around caring about every little detail in life and worrying about it, it's going to come down on you hard. It's going to bear, it's going to wear you down. It's going to make you tired. You're not going to sleep at night, but if you can get past that and not care what other people think about you, when you're presenting yourself in the manner that you think is respectable, if you walk up to somebody's door and knock on it, I'm here to fix your AC, shake your hand, shake like I got tattoos, I got beards, but I'm going to be confident and and I'm not going to care what they think about my tattoos or my beard or, or maybe my, my tool bag or, or whatever, or how I've got it set up. I'm not going to care about any of that. I'm just going to be confident and be myself. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to create this relationship with this cut, this customer and not care about all these little minor details that may trip up your day. I I think that's really important. Right. Well, you know, I've got, I've got, so my little brother, um, you know, several years ago, he had, my little brother was interesting sort. Um, and unfortunately he's not here anymore. He passed away a couple years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. No, it's, you know, it's one of those things, but, um, he was unique and was very much a biker and did a lot of different things and always worked in construction. Well, one of the things that he had done um, is he had tattooed right across his chest, chest, um, Dilligaf, D-I-L-L-I-G-A-F. 
And it was, you know, whenever he, you know, get into conversations with people and stuff, you know, they'd start giving him a bunch of grief. And he'd go, he'd open up his shirt and he people would go, what the hell's that? And he'd go, do I look like I give a fuck? And that was his, that was the way he went through life. He's just like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care what, you know, I'm out here to do my job and I'm just, you know, if you don't like my tats and you don't like my beard and everything about me, that's fine. Just let me go do. And, you know, he was a welder and, you know, all kinds of things and good guy did what he was supposed to do, but, um, made some dumb choices late in life. Yeah. Okay. So back, back to the beginning of this podcast, we, 10 years, 10 years in, we want to have a customer that says, go ahead, do it. I trust you. And in order to get pretty much everything we've talked about through this podcast, I know we've went on tangents in our own experiences outside of the trade, but I think that's really important because that's how you become who you are, right? right? You have to have all these life experiences in order to become who you are. But at the end of the day, you want to create a rapport with your customer that allows them to have so much trust in you that they don't even question your diagnosis. They don't even question your, your reasoning or or the repair you want to make, the, the, the install you want to make, the replacement you want to make, they know that you're the guy, you're, you're the girl that we're going to go to when shit hits the fan. And we know that we're going to come out of this, um, on the top end, right? It's going to cost us exactly. some money, but we, we know you're going to do the right thing because we, we rely or we trust your technical skills, but you can't shine through on your technical skills. If if you're a doormat and you show up and, and you're not, you're not, um, personable because you're not, you're not going to get a chance to show that if, if you're a dick and you're an ass, they're going to maybe request somebody else to come to my door. I, I don't want this guy here. The right. guys, the guy's a dick. My son ran out and he, he gave, tried to high five him and he just looked at him and turned away. Like, I don't want these kind of people in my home. Right. You know what I mean? So if you want to build that rapport, you need to work on your soft skills. I mean, we're, we can't teach you all the soft skills. We just do what we do. Um, but if you're lacking on them, if, if you want to learn on them, there's, there's a lot of literature out there. There's videos. There's all kinds of things that can help you get better right. at dealing with people in a, in a soft manner. Well, there's a, uh, there's a program out there called Servant Leadership. And there's couple of different really small little paperbacks and, and you can get them on Amazon. They're like, you know, 10, 15 bucks. They're an easy read. And that's a good program to go through. It's to start, you know, grab one of the, the small little servant leadership books and, and understand, you know, take it. And it teaches you some of those soft skills. It teaches you how to interact and work with other people um, and how to, you know, yeah, it's focused on tr on turning you into a leader, but being a leader doesn't mean you have to be a manager or, you know, a, a boss, so to speak. You don't have to manage people. Being a leader can be, hey, look, you're just one of the guys, but you're the one everybody looks up to because you know how to treat people. And... Yeah. That's really what we want to strive to. So don't, don't think that just because a program is called servant leadership, that 
that means you got to be a boss or um, you're destined to be a manager. Yeah. It just means that you're a leader among people and that people look up to you and go, yeah, I trust him because guess what? He's always going to do the right thing. Yeah. And yeah, that's, so that's the a, key. Yeah. That, that's, that's a great way to end it off that they're always going to do the right thing. Yep. Um, trustworthy patience, empathy, these are all things that you need um, to move forward and, and, and just, just be relaxed in yourself. I mean, high, high five the kid, fist bump the kid. I mean, show if the kid runs to the door, pull out a, your phone and go, hey, here's, here's my kid. Um, this is the kind of silly things he does. Like, and then get, get on that level with the customer that you're also a human being and you're not just there to fix their AC, but you're a human. You have a family. You're trying to provide for your family by doing this work and they'll get it, man. Everybody's out right. there just trying to do their best. And, and when people find a common ground, I mean, I, I think it really starts the relationship off right. So find that common ground with your customer. They, they could be a different age. They, they right. might not have kids. They, they, might, they might be grandparents and, and you're, you're just starting a family. But in between, there's a common ground somewhere. They, they might like to hunt. They might like to fish. They might like to play a sport or interested in a sport you like. Find that common ground. Find what it is and latch on to it and, and, and let that be your, your starting point of that relationship. Right. Tony, exactly. man, thank you. Yeah, th thanks, man. This has been, as always with you, a great conversation. Yep, this has been fun. This one's been a little different. You know, we didn't yep. talk about all the technical stuff that we've done in the past, it's, but that's it's, okay. It's, it's good to fun. get that out of the way sometimes, yeah. Cool, man. Thank you. So I look forward to the next one. The whole goal of having a soft skills conversation is to put it out in the open that we need to work on and constantly be working on our soft skills. And how we do this is by observing. Observing how the client reacts to you and then reacting to how the client reacts to you, right? If, if you say something that puts them off, you need to be well aware of that and maybe start changing your tune, pull a 180 and come back around and try again because you don't want to leave a sour taste in a client's mouth. First impressions are very important and you want to build long-term relationships so you have long-term business opportunities with those clients. That's what it's all about, relationships in business. So anyway, Tony, man, again, thank you. Fabulous conversation as usual. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.